not Steve. Yeah, it's it's some dude who, depending on who you talk to, it's either Joey or Jose or Air. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, we're we're going to yeah. go with Joey because that's how I know you by. Um, I think that's how you were introduced to me by. So I, I never even knew that it could be anything else. But it turns out you are a man of many names. Well, you know, it's funny. Um, uh, way back in the day, I was I was dating this girl in high school and she didn't know that my first name was actually Jose. Um, she she thought it was Joey the entire time. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm pretty sure we went over this. <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, so that was that was a fun little conversation. Uh, it's but, like I know, don't even know who you are. <laughs> Yeah, funny how that worked. Anyway. <laughs> so, all right. Um, yeah, tonight we don't really have a planned uh, topic. There was, t- tonight was going to be all kinds of things. It went from one person was going to come on and then another person was going to come on. And then that, like, everything kept falling through. But uh, you came in and you had a topic, at least one topic in mind. We'll probably bounce around different things and just go with the flow. But you know what? Yeah. That's that, that's nice to have sometimes, especially because we don't get to see each other. Like it, like how I, I haven't seen you since before COVID, right? When was the last time we saw each other in person? Sure. Oh, we know too many games, too many games. Yeah, too many games. Which, by the way, for anyone that that either listens to 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 the podcast uh, audio or for anyone who's in the chat, that is uh, June. Uh oh, uh, wait, hold on. I don't know oh, my right. dates. Uh, I don't remember the dates either. It's in uh, Oaks, it, it, Pennsylvania, it though. In June. The 24th through the 26th. Good retro kind of gaming convention to go to. You'll find all kinds of stuff. It is, in some ways, it's like a glorified uh, supermarket for gaming stuff. Um, yeah. But they do have... It's like a, it's like a big... Well, not supermarket, but more like... Um, more like just like a market, like a classical you know what? style market with like vendors. It's like those old, like... It's like the old uh, trashy uh, strip mall where you'd be able to get like bootleg video of anime and Godzilla and stuff. <laughs> Like, yeah, like, yeah, like a farmer's market. Yeah, like one of those old kinds of a market. It's like it's something like that, but not really much in the way of bootlegs. I'm so I'm I'm, I'm sorry. Well, I don't know if I should say I'm sorry to say, but I think I, mean, uh, like, I think I yeah, did not get... really bootlegs, but they they do have hacked games. So they they will sell there like is, physical hacked games. Some places oh, will goodness. have those. Yeah, like you'll be able to find. Um, a ROM hack of like the the fan made unreleased sequel to Chrono Trigger kind of a thing. Um, you'll have, or I know I think it was at Magfest uh, some years ago. I managed to get a copy of it was the Mother Three car- cartridge, but I believe with the English patch already loaded in. So it is. Oh my goodness! Uh, it turns out we do have an A Steve here. Just popping in. Oh. Chris that, and Joey. That Yo. that peaking, that peaking <laughs> audio. Oh my goodness, you gotta fix your mic, dude. What's wrong with my mic? You are peaking. Peaking? What am I peaking at? Uh I don't know, but it's like it's got that distorted sound. You gotta turn gain down a little bit, bro. Hold on. Alright, well while we wait, uh as is tradition. Oh wait, hold on. I got the wrong one. Uh I lied. Tradition dies. Tradition <laughs> dies with me. Um, okay, here we go. Huh? Uh, oh, crap. I don't have fingernails. Huh? There we go. Come on. Oh, we, we gotta move the there door. we go. I got it. I'm a, I'm a grown man. I can do things. What did you do? I cracked open a beer. Oh, finally. there we go. 
which I got myself some new supply of screwball whiskey, and I got myself a four day weekend, so I am clear hey, to, nice. to to have myself a little little sippy sippy. Uh, I, got- uh, I have um I have two days off towards the end of the month. Granted, mm. uh, they're, they're they're not they don't make a super long weekend. It's just that uh there's a concert on the uh, I think it's Tuesday, which is the twenty sixth, I believe. Um. And then, uh, yes, Tuesday the 26th, I've got a concert. I'm seeing Opeth and Mastodon, which is going to be fun. Nice. Um, That's quite a and, double show. Yeah. And the 27th, the day after, is AEW Dynamite, and I'm going to be at the at that show. <laughs> oh, yeah, I knew you had an AEW nice. show coming up. That's Yeah, buddy. That ought to be fun. I need to see if I could watch one of those on uh, TV again. It's been a while since I've watched any uh, AEW wrestling. Uh, well, there, there's a show on Saturday. If you want to check that one out, it might be, uh, you might be lucky. There's also a game that might release this year. I know they've already, uh, mentioned, uh, that there's a, they were, they've been working on that since 2019. (laughs) Yeah. Well, three years. Hmm. Like it's been, and a lot with AEW has changed. So I like, I have no idea what, what that, what that's going to be. But you know, if it's something more arcadey. And not like a simulator, like the like the WWE 2K games. Then I think I'm going to be happy. Well, most of what that work's going to be is making sure you get your base mechanics and stuff ready. Anyway, you don't need to worry as much about the uh, the wrestlers that you bring in. Um, like that stuff will need to be you know worked out. But um, yeah, no, for the most part, no. That sounds like it should be um, interesting to see because WWE, even in the video game market, could use some competition. I think. Um, so we'll see what happens. And also, I mean, AEW seems to be doing well for themselves. So, yeah, um, it, it is interesting though, because, uh, I, I guess we're going to talk wrestling for a little bit. Um, yeah, sorry, one Steve. of their major players, uh, uh, Cody Rhodes, the son of Dustin, uh, of Dusty Rhodes. Um, he actually left AEW and went back to WWE in a very strange decision. Um, so one of the guys so, that helped found, AEW. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, Did, has he has he, uh, has, he has he discussed why? Uh I I really think it's because he he has other ideas in mind. Um, like he 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 does want to do other TV. He does want to do Hollywood, and AEW is probably not going to fund that as well as WWE would. Um. So and and they they kept Cody's branding from AEW that he established. So it's like I don't know. It's weird. It's a really interesting decision. Um, I'm very what about conflicted his, on what, it. What about his brother Dusty? What happened with Dusty? Uh, he's still in AEW. Okay, so yeah, it's it's weird. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's so weird because especially because let's face it. Like even though I think because AEW was the work of like Cody. The Young Bucks and, um, shoot, um, um, Kenny Omega, Kenny Omega, like they yeah. were, my understanding is they're like the core of it, right? Yeah. Yep. They, they're the core. Um, but I, Cody, I believe Chris Jericho also had a hand and the, the, the main guy funding it is Tony Khan, whose father owns the, uh, yeah. the, the Jacksonville Jaguars. But that's the funny thing. Cause it seems like Cody was very much the face of AEW at least for the time I was able to watch. Um, yeah, very so, much so. I mean, he he symbolically burned the bridge 
uh, like it, it, like I believe it was in his match with uh, with his brother Dustin. Um, like in Cody's entrance, there was like a throne that had uh, th- that had like an iron cross on it, which is sig- like symbolize which is symbolizing Triple H because he like his his three H's were were in the shape of like a of like a cross, like in like an iron cross, kind of like Motorhead. Hmm. Not in a racist way, but no, in no, a rock no, and roll no. way. Or, oh. <laughs> Not in um, that way or, or religious way, right way or anything. Okay, yeah, 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 um, yeah. And uh, and he he broke that throne with a sledgehammer. And then afterwards, he was like, "Yeah, I I burned that bridge tonight." And then fast forward to 2022, life comes at you fast. There he is. He's been he's in WWE now. So it's it's a very is, odd decision. That is weird, man. Um, no, I think that is as far as we're going to have to go with the wrestling talk because I don't know how many listeners. (laughs) Another thing, like, I I found wrestling and football are the two things that I'm like, oh, wait, I actually am interested in these things, it turns out. Um, there's something fascinating about them both. Okay, uh, just as a transition to video games, okay, there there is a wrestler by the name of Minoru Suzuki, okay, obviously a Japanese man, he's an old man, but dude. When you see him, he's like he's like a villain from Yakuza. He is so <laughs> he is so interesting. You know what? I'm gonna leave it at that. Look into him. Okay? That does make it like, that does make another transition to something I would like to talk about. Um but again, it's like one of those things where, you know what, maybe Steve, we should have you lead a topic. What have you been wanting to talk about lately? Cause what have I been wanting to talk about lately? Am I not peaking anymore? You're not peaking anymore, you sound good. Uh, you sound good. Excellent. What have I been wanting to talk about? I've been wanting to take some time and talk about how I feel like I don't have any time for anything. Well, that's just because you're a dad with a job. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, that is, that is kind of true. No, I kind of but. understand it actually. Um, I, I either have one of two things going on and it depends on how I'm actually working my schedule. I either, now that I'm working full time, I either have too much time that it becomes depressing because I'm spending all my time on worthless things or I start doing a few things and all of a sudden I feel like I don't have enough time. Like, that's the funny thing. Like, why did I pick, like I stopped streaming for the month of March because of Elden ring. And I became really depressed because that's all I was doing after work and before work at times. And it's like, Oh wow. My life has just become really, really rote, repetitive and monotonous and depressing. And I need to start streaming again because at least it's the illusion of a social life. Kind of a thing. <laughs> it's a parasocial yeah. life. Yeah. <laughs> Assuming anyone's in the chat to talk, but that's another story. <laughs> um, but no, like, uh, yeah. So, so go on with your 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 whining about having no time. Well, yeah, whining. No, no, no. it's <laughs> it's really. I mean, it's it's not really that bad. I just, uh, yeah, between work and you know being a dad, and you know it's it's baseball season for the kids. And my dog is making noise behind me. Yep. Uh, and all that stuff. There's, it's, it becomes challenging to find time to sit down and be like, uh, you know, I don't know. Man, I'd really like to I'm, finish I'm Horizon Forbidden West. Or, you know, I'd really like to start something interesting. So I've just kind of been like squeezing in Tales of Vesperia on my Switch. And... Hey. And, and how is that like, tool, how how's that as a chaser to Tales of Arise, which was your like what are your favorite JRPGs in the last several years? It's you know, I, I had I, my expectations weren't too high. There's some <laughs> it does some interesting stuff. 
Um, Wait, have you not played Vesperia before? No, I haven't. The only Tales game I had played other than Arise was Zillia. Um, Okay. So this is before Zillia, I think, um, in terms of the original release date. Um, I Um, I think it was before, but it's around the same era. Same era, yeah. This was was the 360 entry, and then Zillia was the PS3 entry. Um, okay, yeah, Zestiria was. Right. I, I don't even remember what Zestiria I think that was the Zestiria. next year. I think yeah. Zestiria was, was, I think it was Vita, PS3, and PS4. It might have um, been. Okay. Also, by the way, and I will scream this from the mountaintops don't play Zestiria. Do not, dude. Okay. I started I think... playing it, and there was just something about like t- Tales of Games are interesting. Most of them you play, you really enjoy them, and then like two years later, you're like. Oh, like someone mentions it in conversation. You're like, oh, yeah, I did play Tales of the Abyss on my 3DS. I that really was cannot, a game I played. I really I, cannot tell you anything about Zillia. You <laughs> ask me. <laughs> it seems to be a trait of the Tales of games. They're really fun when you're playing through them. But then like a couple of years, which is why I'm going to be interested in Tales of Arise if that has the same impact where it's like, you just remember you had a really good time playing it, but for the life of you, you don't remember anything that happened in the game. Like that's just, nah, I think dude, so. I'm, I'm going to remember a rise. All right. Yeah, like, for sure. I think what it was. So like Vesperia was, it was off out of the gate. It felt very like tropey. I think I've made a post about it. Like everything seemed like, you know, Oh, it's a princess who's, you know, never left the castle before, and she's going on an adventure. And, you know, it's two friends. One chose to become a knight, and the other, you know, left the knights because he, like, couldn't deal with the injustice of the empire the or whatever. The hypocrisy of and, the system that they were serving. Yeah, the hypocrisy of the system. But as it went, as it's gone on, it's, it has sold me a bit more on the characters, and there's some surprising moments. Um, I don't know if we're doing spoilers for 16-year-old games at this point. Dude, you can never know oh my what God, is. Has it, it isn't. been that long? Uh, it probably yeah. has. It was on the 360. Oh, Lord. So I, I, mean, I, just, I did get it on the 360, but like back in 2011. No, yeah. 2012. And, uh, oh, God, I bought that game like 10 years ago. Oh, it hurts. <laughs> yep. No, so like the moment that, that really like grabbed me, was the main character, your, like, player character, like, straight up murders a dude. Um, he does. Like, yeah, he, like, straight up murders a dude. Just straight up and, murders and, and the guy deserved it. The guy deserved it. But you're just, like, like you're watching this cutscene, and you're like, wait, wait a second. Like, <laughs> Aren't protagonists supposed to not kill the guy someone else does, even if they deserve it or not? Like, Yeah, so it was, I mean, it was kind of a cool moment that, that, that hooked me a little bit deeper than I had been up to that point. Uh, so I, I'm enjoying Vesperia. The combat is feels it feels like a slower version of a '90s arcade brawler combat to me. Yeah, uh, that's accurate. Yeah, it's, that's, oh, it's probably is it similar to what Symphonia was, or did you not get to play Symphonia? It's very similar. Played, yeah, that's what I thought. Like Tales of Combat was very similar for a while. I think Zillia was one of the first ones that tried to switch it up. Um, yeah, because I remember Zillia, and then like Arise more so being more like a char- character action style and closer to like Star Ocean. Maybe it's less side scrolling and it's and it's poor, uh, percent up uh, not. Perception, yeah. not portrayal. 
um, presentation. Um, I haven't. I haven't played Star Ocean is another one. I haven't played the older ones. Um, I only played like oh, Star Ocean. Don't don't play uh, some whatever the fourth one. Whatever has like end faithlessness in it. Like oh, integrity and faithlessness. Now too late. That was the fifth yeah. one, wasn't it? Don't play that. No, it's Do not. It's, yeah, it's not good. It's look, bad. It's look, really bad. Here's the thing. I if Nolan were here with us today and not dead. In spirit, but alive in body. Like, Only I don't in know. spirit, alive in <laughs> alive actuality. In, yeah. <laughs> but no, because he Nolan remembers. Died. He, re- in the chat for Nolan. <laughs> he 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 remember. He probably remembers way back when when I I hated the uh, Star Ocean: The Last Hope. I remember too. That was still during like some of the uh, PS3, Xbox 360, um, uh, console wars where you know. Star Ocean The Last Hope was announced. Oh, now it's coming to PS3. And I remember seeing a bunch of PS3 fanboys be like, ha there goes another exclusive from Microsoft. And I'm like, have it. You guys can take it. It was yeah. awful. You don't <laughs> want it anyway. The PS3, <laughs> like, the, the PS3 fans. Now, actually, I liked The Last Hope, but it, yeah, it could have been like, no, you would. Please. You would like that <laughs> one. I still remember too, like the last boss taking so long. Like, uh, my neighbor oh, watched yeah. me get to the last boss and saw me fighting. And was like, "Whoops, I got to go to class." Bye. Now, in the interim, where he was gone from class and came back, I did die once. But he came back and he was like, "Are you still fighting this thing?" And I'm like, "Well, I did die halfway, but yes, the answer is yeah. yes. You went to class and came back, and I'm still fighting this thing." Okay, but here's like, the thing. So I, this is one of the things uh, I'm wondering if if there's an equivalent in Tales of Vesperia with the canceling. There are ways in Star Ocean games to do ridiculous amounts of damage ridiculously fast, and I've never been any good at doing them. Joe, have you played oh, any I much didn't even Star know Ocean? A thing. I've I've watched people play, and there's this technique where you do like you can cancel an attack, and it gives you a multiplier the more times you do it. So I'm, I've seen videos of people yeah. where they like. They do this like attack, cancel, attack, cancel, attack, cancel like 20 times and then they do an attack and it does like not 20x damage. It does like 200x damage. I'd, when they possibly, oh, okay. it, right. I'd possibly be able to do it better today because uh, I am generally better at action games than I was 20 years ago, which is funny to say because normally you get worse with that thing as that kind of thing as you get older. But um no, I, I definitely wouldn't have known it then or wouldn't have been very good at it then. Like I would have been okay with it, but not enough to get like wipe this final boss out in three seconds kind of thing like you'd see on YouTube. But at the same time, I was ready to be done with that game. I hated the one girl with the giant, like she was like a summoner or something like that, but she talked in monotone, K. Everything she said was like this, K. And yeah. everything ended in K, K, and I was ready for her to pretend to do a trick, shoving her head in the mouth of her giant dog, or for that dog to just chomp down and just just tear her head off. And I was ready for that. I was just I hated that game so much. <laughs> well, I'm really sorry that I brought up. Such painful memories. Yeah, well, technically, you didn't. Yeah. I don't know. Like someone brought up Star Ocean. Well, you know what? It was you. It's it your was fault. me. Yep. Um, one hundred percent my the, fault. The, the oh god, Star Ocean. 
Uh, at least Star Ocean 2 was a precious memory of the PlayStation, even though I never beat it. Um, but yeah, Tales of Games and how... Like, I think what they really do, though, is like some of the characters will stick, but e actually, no, even then, it's like I remember... Like, I, I can't remember any character from Tales of the Abyss except for the red-haired protagonist guy. I'm trying... I'm sure he re appreciates being remembered in such detail. Yeah. The red-haired <laughs> red protagonist guy. Oh, man, I wonder... I like, mean... what, what What is it about these games that they're, like... They've mostly been like I, I'm. I am interested in Tales of Arise, but again, I'm still waiting like for that to get the Game Pass deal. But I'm just, what is it about some of these games? Just well, how could a game really be just, good and just yet blend not together? So like I've started, you know, a dozen different JRPGs, and like the first chapter or two that I played through, like so many of them, like are just so like, oh, like, you're in a prison, falsely accused, or something, like, to start out the game, or, you know, like... Oh, hi, I neighborhood boy, can you go fetch me some of this moss ingredient for my pies? Why moss is used in pies, I don't know. From the nearby cavern, where you have to kill a bunch of bats and rats? Like, and yeah, then, okay, oh no, you come back just in time for the great, awful monster or empire invasion. To burn your hometown down. Like, no, I understand. Like, it's one of the reasons that I think I really love Breath of Fire 3. Because Breath of Fire 3's opening is, you're a baby dragon. And everybody wants to kill you, so you kill them back. And huh. then you turn out to be found as a naked little orphan child on the stream. And you join a bunch of other orphan children. And it's like this, it's a calmer opening because you are in that small little hamlet. But... In trying to do good, it turns out you get involved in crime. All of a sudden, your home's being burned down. Uh, people are out to kill you, and you 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 wake up and your buddies are gone. Like, there's so much the opening of Breath of Fire Three does that is so good that, of course, I remember the beginning of that game. And it's like Final Fantasy VII, right? Like Final Fantasy VII, memorable. Why? Not just for the spectacle. It's because you get right into the action. You get right into like right. cutting people down as you invade. And you are the terrorist kind of a thing. Like you have all this stuff going on. Like, oh, hey, this is a really fascinating way to open your game. And so many things just don't have that. And the worst is when you just open up with exposition. Which Square yeah. Enix themselves have had a problem with. Um, do do they ever? I mean, and I mean, it's not opening with exposition isn't the worst thing. It's just the common thing and can be extremely boring for the for the opening of what's going to be a big adventure. Well, Look it's at also Twilight Princess. You didn't need <laughs> to be. You didn't need that opening to be an hour and a half long. Well, that's not exposition though. That's different. That is taking their time. That's true. Um, that was just really bad setup. Yeah, like but. I think like Dragon Age Origins is like giving you this history, and it's like you know, couldn't you just tell me this through the world itself? You got a codex. It's like I don't need. Yeah, to okay, no, no, who? Okay, here's the thing: one percent of players actually read the codex, which so means one percent doesn't even care about the story. No, well, they do care about the story, but they want the story. They don't want the like. So the game needs to. Feed them the necessary information. But I think you do have ah. a point about memorable openings. The one that sticks out to me is actually for like the first chapter is um, Final Fantasy IX, where mm. you 
you do the you like you do the play in the castle and use that as cover for kidnapping the princess. Like there's obviously it's, some tropes in yeah, there, yeah, yeah. but the whole like play sequel, like the first boss fight is you're on, you're like, it's like a fake fight. You're like fighting your boss. It's actually yeah. your boss that you're fighting in the boss It's a fight. fake fight. And then it's, it, it's also just the very tone of it ha- is a very different feel for Final Fantasy in general. Um, I yeah, think that's part was, of the magic of it. Very different. Like it's this lighthearted, oh, we got to go kidnap the princess. Oh, wait, the princess wants to be kidnapped. Okay, uh, let's fake everything out. Our evil queen looks like Ursula from Little Mermaid, so we got a Disney th- fairy tale thing going on. And then it's just, oh, we get to escape, and it's, you know, exciting. And then immediately the tone changes because you're in a forest where people get petrified. But you know what? That's kind of fitting because that's not the first time the tone will suddenly shift in Final Fantasy IX. But no, you're right. <laughs> it's a great, memorable opening because it's just, it's just, you know, high flying adventure, sky pirates. Yay. Like it, it's got, it's definitely got a really good tone to it. Um, and that, that actually really does help. Whereas Final Fantasy VIII's opening is, you're playing a jerk. You have a really flashy oh. cut scene and then you're playing a jerk. I don't like Squall. Can we make this the I hate Squall podcast? Tell me, it's, tell me. I mean, do you want to hate him more? Oh no. I don't know how to make you hate him more. Oh no. Uh, okay. Yeah, Kingdom Hearts. Oh, he's he's not named Squall in that. I know that. He's named like, I mean, you Leon. call him Squall and it's like, no, it's Leon. Like, shut up, dude. We know. Like, stop it. That's how much shut of a jerk up. he is. He goes into another game and then doesn't even get called by the right name in the other game. <laughs> yeah. All right. No, that's enough. That's enough Squall. I do need to go through Final Fantasy VIII one of these days and give it the old college try. Get beyond that basketball court for once. Um Triple triad, um, baby, all day. Triple triad was triple good. Triad. I, that oh my goodness. I wanted to actually own the physical version of that card game. Um I loved the I see the funny thing is whatever card game is in Final Fantasy IX, I don't like nearly as much, but I really liked Triple Triad. Yeah, yeah Triple Triad was good too. Was it Tetra Master as Final Fantasy? Tetra Master is Final Fantasy IX, yeah. Triple Triad was actually pretty cool. And I know you could get the cards in like Japan, but at the time, like importing from japan was a big pain in the butt um so especially when you're in high school and you're just like you don't know how to order from japan so it's just stuff yeah you know how is square not made like a like a mobile triple triad game yet i'm, I'm kind of surprised because they haven't done like a they ruined it by monetizing game. it firstly oh yes they would i i'm like I, knowing how you can't trust Square Enix with anything anymore. I mean, Chocobo like, GP, this... man. No. <laughs> oh, like, this is why they're baffling. Like, you look at everything Dude, that they released in March. Chocobo most GP. of it was, most of it needed to be delayed. They only released it because it was the end of their fiscal quarter. Triangle Strategy was like their one good release in March. Babylon's Fall was so many different things. Um, like, it was, it's, I can't the... believe they made Platinum Games create that. Like that's like, yeah. Well, well that's the thing. Like, blemish on their catalog. Did they? Because then Platinum Games opens a studio just for making live service. So is this like, was this Square Enix? Did Square Enix give them the idea, or was this like both of them? Uh, and it's it's, oh, oh. Uh, yeah. yeah. So Babylon's yep. fall, and and that's the thing. It's already 
it's already on sale, but it's not like the deep discount Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy got. And because they were trying to get like microtransactions in Babylon's Fall, they should be selling Babylon's Fall for less than they did the discount Guardians of the Galaxy got. Like Guardians of the Galaxy was dropped to 35, almost half price for sales, like not long after release because it wasn't hitting expectations. There is no way um, Babylon's Fall is sold even half of what Guardians of the Galaxy did. And they're only dropping it down to 42. Like, no, you guys got to give it a bigger drop than that if you really want people to try this game out. You guys, like, and, this. And throw it on Game Pass. Like, this yes. is like that is a. Live service games should be on Game Pass. It makes sense uh, for them to be, yeah. And this is one, like like Outriders, it made sense. And you know what? I put a decent amount of time in Outriders. Steve beat Outriders, but I played the demo for Babylon's Fall, and it's like, you know what? I'm uh, great to nobody else is playing it. That's part of the reason I have I didn't get very <laughs> far. I managed to beat the first like major, major boss, but clearly designed for a team. Um, and, uh, it's, it's a, such a shame because I feel like the game could be good. Um, but there's just too much, too much that they did wrong with it. Um, wasn't Outriders Square Enix as well? They published it, but it was yeah. developed by People Can Fly. And that was one where, again, like they, that was day one game pass. So, yeah. and they, they said they're sticking to it. The, the game is going to get a, uh, expansion. And, you know, I don't know. I mean, it was fine. I enjoyed it to an extent, but it is like, like Steve and I talked about it. It's a game that's really designed for co-op. And there are many encounters where it's like, depending on your class, some encounters feel real easy and then others feel really hard and difficult. Um, yeah. It was, yeah, there's, there's definitely some, some balance issues and some... Yeah, there was class balance issues, weapon balance issues, encounter balance issues. Um, there was one encounter I went into when I played with uh, some of my friends where we went in as a, a squad of three. And this one encounter took us like 30 minutes because of the way that the they, like bosses or whatever, mini bosses are kind of can heal themselves, essentially. And stuff like that where it just like wasn't fun for, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, before mm. before we move on to a different topic, I wanted to uh, give Asuna a little shout out. She says she's lurking because she's helping her family defeat a boss. I'm assuming an Elden Ring, but uh, she's here. Um, no, Elden Ring. <laughs> oh yeah, it's Elden Ring. Um, I might need to just start getting people to co-op with me because I'm in the Frost area. I'm near the end, but I'm already getting. I'm starting to lose some patience with it. I'm ready for it. It finally hit. It finally happened. I'm at the. I hit the hundred hour mark. I am ready for this game to be done. And granted, I've already seen some of the bosses incoming, and I'm like, you know what? That's going to be a giant pain in the butt. I'm already demotivated. So <laughs> it's like I, I'd rather go back and play the beginning stuff. I'd rather go back and play the opening again. Like I'd rather go back and play the first seventy hours of this game again than keep going. Um, so make of that what you will. But. Not you're not selling me on uh on picking up Elden Ring at this point. I never expected right, well, maybe you. Maybe I can to. sell you on it. Maybe I can sell you on it. All right. Like I've been playing what's apparently the worst build, which is a strength build. I've been going pure strength, and I got this, and I got a weapon that is a giant sword made of rusty swords, and you swing it around like it's a giant club. 
and I'm just <laughs> slapping bosses left and right, and I'm just having a blast doing it. See, it's I, so much fun. I am primi- primarily in dur- uh, dex- dexterity, sorry, dexterity with some vigor because you need vigor in order to you know take some hits. But yep. I, I guess I always get bothered because as I'm leveling up, you can always tell at some point stats are giving like a they're not giving as much for the yeah, level up worth. And so I start to look around and be like, is there anything else? And I have boosted my endurance a little bit so I can have a medium roll with certain armors. Um, even though I'm a fat boy, I don't want the fat roll. Uh, and I speak of that with my character's armor too, not just myself. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's just one of those things where you, you like, yeah, I don't know. Like I, I, this is why I like Bloodborne. Bloodborne didn't have the, like, it had different values for, like, poison resistance or madness resistance in the armor, but the armor didn't affect your speed at all. Um, and so I preferred, like, I prefer the Bloodborne method, which is funny because a lot of people, um, I've talked to a lot of people, and there's a lot of people that evidently, like, love the Dark Souls games but couldn't get into Bloodborne. And it's funny because, again, for me, like, Bloodborne's the one that got me. Uh, the one that grabbed me because it was quicker, it responded better. And I guess it's also because for a lot of people, it's like, there's one way to play the game and you're kind of right. You're mostly right, actually. Um, but that's the thing it, with, with Elden Ring, I think as I've gone through, that's one of the things that I've realized, like the later in the game you go, the more pure physical builds struggle with like if you wanted to like you yourself your strength build could probably take some levels boost your intelligence or go back and respect and uh just put a like trade like maybe 10 points out of strength and into intelligence and dude you have so many weapons that you can use that are strength and intelligence combined which is funny that they do that but you'd have that option to be like okay i'm strength intelligence and now i have these way damage dealing magic weapons at my disposal um yep i mean i've already planned for my second playthrough i'm gonna do like a um uh like a dex faith build i want to i want to try to make a magic samurai i think that'd be fun yeah that could work that could really Um, work and that's because that's apparently where the really interesting builds are because you can you can come up with stuff that would melt people like you can put like a uh you know, you can have a Dex and Faith build and and equip weapons that do frost and bleed, and you can just really give people and enemies an, an extremely hard time. Um, Honestly, and that's, I think that's fun. That's I sh- in hindsight, I'm like I should have gone Confessor because Confessor looks because that's the thing. I went with like the the not the first not the sort of board job class, but the one that starts out two hand like two handing scimitars. That's what I started as. And oh, it's yeah. Like, I ended up using the shield a lot anyway um, because I feel like it's – the block counter is very useful and you can't rely on dodge for everything. Um, so doing a shield with a blade but I'm dex focused, it's like – and I – like, but when you start with that class, like your int and your faith are so low. Um. Mm-hmm. So you start with something like Confessor and you have a better balance overall for a physical and magic. Plus 
you get a shield that already has like 100% physical damage absorption. Um, yeah. So it's like, you know what? Confessor is one of the better classes to start at. I usually don't do magic, so I thought I was doing the good thing, but it's like the good thing for me. But again, looking more and more at some of the stuff in this game, it's like, I, sh I should have. I, sh like, I knew it, and I should have. Um, granted, I've played over 100 hours, and I'm as far in the game that I am. So it's not like a primarily dex and vigor build aren't going to get you through. But anyways, that's that I didn't mean to get onto a huge uh, Elden Ring discussion, but like that's the thing. Like for me, the honeymoon period's over. It's a great game, but I'm not as in love with it at this point. Um but I can't like because it's always gonna be that difficult thing too, because it's like how like I there's just like it, it is still done well. And it's not like the like I don't get through parts that I mean I'm still having fun, right? So yeah, it's it is one of those things. But uh Joey, you had a topic that you brought up um that you said you sure wanted do. to discuss. So why don't you go ahead and spear spear that one on? So um Lately, I've been playing on the Xbox Series X because I have one now. I managed to actually go to a store and buy one, Sony. Okay. <laughs> Microsoft well. doesn't do this thing where, you know, they'll just take some of their inventory and hide it somewhere at, at, at PlayStation headquarters and be like, oh, hey, we're going to send invites via email to people so that they can have a chance to buy our elusive console. I'm not mad or anything. I'm not <laughs> mad at all. But um, I, I've been like, you know, I jumped in on Game Pass um, and I've been playing a lot of games. And I think it, like now that I have this with me and I'm able to see the amount of games that are available for, you know, for a, a really small fee per month, um, I'm just like, wow, this is like this is an amazing service. This isn't going to stop me from buying some physical games because I, I can't expect everything that I want to play on Game Pass. It's just not realistic. Um, but games that I have maybe you know overlooked or have not been interested in, like um, uh, like say Sea of Thieves. I'm not I'm not interested in Sea of Thieves, but I know a lot of people have fun with it, and it's been a few years since it came out, so it's it's got a lot of content now. Um, I, I downloaded it and I'll check it out eventually. Um, <clears throat> I've actually uh, thought about checking it out myself. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, Hey, well hit me up whenever you do. We'll, yeah. <laughs> we'll see what, we'll see what it's about. Um, and you know, I've, I've been playing through the halo games. I, I got the, the, the master chief collection. Um, I despise Halo 1. <laughs> I'm just going <laughs> to put that out there. Really? But I had I had just finished Halo 2, and I was like, man, that was actually, like, this campaign was really good. The ending was sudden and <laughs> ends on a cliffhanger, which is a big, big no-no. It was kind of unsatisfying, but the overall campaign was a lot of fun. And these are, and I'm, I'm very happy to have these experiences. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, it's just, like I said, a small feat. So Sony recently, they came out with not, I mean, I think they were pressured by, by people like either investors or consumers alike 
um, to have their own form of Game Pass. And really, it's it's been there, right, as PlayStation Now. Well, that's the thing. <clears throat> but yeah, it. Like I, I, kept, I, I actually forgot until other people mentioned it. PlayStation Now has actually let you download physical games for a while now. Um, yes, it has. Um, it's been around for a long time. Um, but it just nobody it, cared because everyone knew it as the cloud service. And that's what I think. Yeah. Yeah. Prevented it from. And the thing is, like, because I'm th after a little bit, like looking at it, it's like this isn't this is just a consolidation of services and giving it yeah. tiers. And I think the tiers is the real mistake. Making it like here's I think different, so too. Here's the different levels of service you can get. It's like you really ought to have it just one blanket thing because PlayStation Plus, if you're not doing the yearly, is a complete ripoff. It's like like if you get the yearly yeah. year if you purchase the yearly subscription, it's like half the price it's the of price doing of a game. month to month. And that's fine. Um yeah. Well, it's like, um, yeah, it's like $60 or whatever for a for year, the yearly, which is basically the same as Xbox Live Gold, which is $5 a month. And that's the thing. Right. Like PlayStation Plus on its own now, though, is like $10 a month or something. And it's like, that's 120 bucks a year. So you you may as well get that yearly. Um, but then as the, the, the thing, as it moves up, it's like, oh, now you get P PS Now, but it still only gets you certain games. And then the 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 super like it's like playstation essential playstation plus premium and then playstation plus yeah and that's uh, like 15 bucks a month or something like that like yeah 16, and that's like, the thing but in the 15, end 18. if you get their premium package it's a, the same the yearly cost is about the same as if you get an, a year of xbox gold uh ultimate i think you can yeah because yeah. i've gotten my niece yeah. like Here's the yearly cost of Xbox Ultimate. Like I've gotten that for her um, as a birthday gift, gift nearly every year, I think. Um, so you have that, you know, is there about equivalent price? But the question is, what's the worth? And I think it's a sort of mixture. It's a 50-50 because PlayStation, well, PlayStation, PlayStation service will get you is a bunch of their legacy PS1 and 2 titles and cloud streaming of PlayStation 3 titles, but it's still a selection. Whereas yeah. it's a little... Um, and, and that's the thing. It's like the selection that you could buy off of them, but you still can't... Like This is where it's like weird console war stuff, right? Because I also got myself through their um, all-access program. I now have the Xbox Series X as well because I'm paying a monthly and I've already started paying more than what's required so that I could get the cost, you know, taken care of sooner. Um, right. But that's the thing. Like I have the, like I, I now have a Series X as well. And I've, I think what makes that disappointing, if I were to get a PlayStation 5 today, I know I'd have Returnal and uh, Ratchet and Clank as next-gen games that aren't available on a current system. Whereas the closest that I have right now for an Xbox Series X, I got to play the Lost Judgment DLC and see how Lost Judgment looks on a Series X. Yeah. That's, like, there's nothing to make me feel like I got a next-gen system aside from it has faster lo loading times, and it is quiet. Um... The One X was already quiet, but the Series X is surprisingly quiet. 
But the Series X is is a really quiet console. It's also like, really surprising to just put your hand over the vent and feel the heat coming out of that chimney. Like, <laughs> yeah, that thing's pumping out. But at the I same time, how... I feel like that's still better than like most of my consoles sounding like a jet engine with the air pumping out the sides or the back. Um, <sighs> like, I, I for some reason I'm fine with that. I'm fine with like. Feel the power of this next gen console heating your hand from the chimney grate. Like, I, I it, it, it really is a chimney grate. <laughs> it's, it's still better than the uh, the the I, the 1S really does look like a heating grill kind of a thing. Like, it looks like a it does, it, yeah, it looks like one of those portable stoves, yeah. But the um. No, sorry, the Series S, I should the say. Series the Series S, S yeah, Series S, yeah, because the 1X just looks like a console. Um, but thank you. you. Want a hot plate or a mini fridge? That's the hot question. plate. That's what it was. Yeah, you get a hot plate or you get a mini <laughs> fridge. And I think it, you can. It actually had a Series X mini fridge. Yeah. It was a thing you could get. And I, dude, I totally would have had the room. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but no, the, the, uh, I don't know, because like, if, we, if we are to compare the services, I don't necessarily know if, I mean, I don't know, like, for, for like, the one thing you could all, all, like, debate is, like, PlayStation's quote-unquote virtuous cycle, which is them trying to really, really talk up the fact that they can't afford to just put their first-party titles out there like Microsoft can. Like that's what they're yeah, really that trying. Yeah, that was a little. Hmm. Well, they, that's they, what it, they probably shouldn't have answered that question. They, well, they like, should have honestly been honest. Been like, look, we're not Microsoft. We can't afford. We can afford to sink one billion dollars into Unreal so that we can have metaverse development. Um, but we can't. Like, they they realistically can't afford to just put their first party games out there for this service because. Right. Microsoft dances around the issue, but it's pretty clear that Game Pass doesn't make Microsoft a profit, but it's still it, it's helping certain developers. Um, because on the AAA level, it's like one of those mixture things. It's like it probably works better if you have a sequel coming out or if you have a game that's going to have DLC that they have to pay for. But if you're an indie developer, it gets people playing your game and then they might buy it on other platforms once it's cheap um and a lot of any yeah, developers like have said uh, that um like if they put it on game pass but they also have a switch release people are gonna want it people are gonna are gonna double dip kind of uh in that regard to so that they can play it on the go people do it with steam even They'll play it on Game yeah, Pass yeah, and, and they'll get Steam. it on Steam. And I did that with some, like, I did what, did that with Toho Luna Nights. It's like the one major example I can think of. Um, and I think I got like the Batman Arkham games. And this is the one trick they can get you too. Like, I got the Batman Arkham uh, collection on Game Pass and I played it a bit, but I was like halfway through Asylum when it went off the service. And I was like, you know what? <laughs> I could afford it. It's cheap. I'm going to buy it and finish the rest of it. Like, <laughs> Just to have it, like, and, and yeah. that's the thing. Like, you, you can you can get people that way very easily, but they have found that if you're on game that like Game Pass subscribers spend more um, than regular, which is interesting to see. Um, but that's the thing. Like, you have, I think, what that says also is that Game Pass subscribers are people that are much more enthusiast and, th and enthusiastic about gaming so it is a good service for them and so 
to that extent, like, and, and again, like to, to go back to that virtual cycle thing, like if I'm going to be honest, even though I'm not on the record as thinking Sony's the greatest and thinking a lot of their games are overrated, what right now does Microsoft have that compares? Hmm. Like I like if we're honest, like the only thing is Oh, I got it, I got it. Rise, son of Rome. Oh, Nailed it. That's the that's the one. Okay. Um <laughs> all seriousness, considering all the stuff that's come out with Gran Turismo 7 and a lot of people being unhappy with that, Forts is the only thing Microsoft has that can compete with a Sony property right now. And it's a specific yeah, Sony true. property. But if when you leave that, like, can we really say Halo Infinite is measuring up to the standards of a Sony first party title? Lord, no. Yeah. Like, Halo Lord, Infinite is better no. than Halo 5, but that's not saying a lot. So. I've heard some things about Halo 5. It's, I've heard some things. <laughs> one, if, you, if you keep playing, you'll get there one day, and you can uh, you can hate say it some, too. some things yourself. Yeah, you can hate you it too. You too can hate Halo Five. Um, oh, I'm oh I'm gonna. I mean, like, dude, I, <laughs> I like after I beat Halo Two last night, I fired up Halo Three, nearly vomited. Um, <laughs> uh, and, but I fired up ODST, uh, like you know, ODST is better about an hour ago. Yeah, uh, the presentation like is night and day. I'm like, how is this? How do you? I, I can't believe you guys put Halo Three in this thing's name because that feels like an insult. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> well, it was originally going to be like downloadable, like microtransaction levels. Like it was going to be an expansion pack, and then they're like, no, nah, it's enough to be its own game. And yes and no, but that's yeah, it, that's an know, old campaign discussion. firefight, sixty dollars. Also. The Halo 3 multiplayer you probably already have. Here's another disc with it. Have fun. Here's yeah. a rock. Go play. <laughs> but the um no, like that that's the thing I would say. Xbox Game Pass is a great value. And oh actually, you know what? Psychonauts 2. I forgot about that. But then again, no, that's on PlayStation as well right now because it was already announced. Yep, that is party. on PlayStation. So um like the first thing that will be on that will be worth that test, right? The first first party game Microsoft's going to put out that'll be like that. Is this going to be as good as is going to be Hellblade Senwa Saga? I think because Ninja Theory are that kind of a developer. They're able to do the story that well, unless it's DMC Devil May Cry. They're able to do that presentation, the quality <laughs> of combat. Um, so, and Hellblade Sen was Sacrifice was a really good, just albeit short, game. So then, it was sold at a discount, though. So as short as it might be, it was like, it was budget still worth the money. Now, I haven't finished it yet. Sen was Saga. Sen was Saga. How big is that one going to be? Because it's got Microsoft money behind it. And mm-hmm. how is that going to like? That's going to be their first "quote unquote" prestige game that they have bumping up against uh, Sony to really have that test, to really have that uh, combat. So I'm curious about that, but they haven't showed much else. Like I guess Starfield as well, but that's like I mean, oh lord, you got to like Bethesda to be interested in Starfield. I think specifically the Bethesda developed games because they am playing after all Ghostwire Tokyo, which is a Tango Gameworks title, which is, you know, Shinji Mikami's people. Um, and I'm enjoying that. But at the same time, 
Is this well? Well, then of course that's also right now console exclusive to Sony because of pre-existing contracts. So, um, yep, it, it'll it'll hit Xbox in about a year. Do you think it'll be on Game Pass right away? Right away, probably. I, I think so too. The I, I think Game Pass seems to be the thing, right? Actually, that's yeah, the funny thing. Sure. My buddy actually asked, like, said he was surprised I got it because it was going to wind up on Game Pass sometime. And he's right, but at the same time, I don't know. Like, I, I saw their big gameplay reveal like a month before release, and I was like, you know what? I want to try this. I want to stream this. And, you know, hey, it's turning out to be a perfect stream game. I am really enjoying streaming that. Um, it's and, and it's funny because it all it's one of those games where I feel like people I have felt compelled about it and I know like Zach mentioned it in the comments like I felt compelled to discuss because it's like no this isn't the best game but and it's like why do I feel the need to discuss it in that manner because it's like a backhanded like statement it's like you know what no I'm yeah. enjoying this game like I I can still co- uh, couch my words in a way that's like. I would recommend it if, because it's like, it's, it's very much for me, a relaxing kind of a game. Uh, the combat hasn't felt too in the way. And that's the thing. Like, is the combat great? No, but it's not bad either. It's, it's definitely one of the lesser aspects of the game, but it's the world that it's really about. And it it's, it's probably the most this one like this has me wanting to visit japan and speaks to me like has like gives that feeling of japan more than the yakuza games do and the yakuza games are like deep in that right yeah they (laughs) so they sure are and that it's all the this like japanese spirit like because I've, I've read about people talking about, like, spear parades and stuff in Japan. Like, you know, waking up at night and you see outside of your home the spear parade going by. And this game has that in there. Like, you'll be wandering part of the environment. All of a sudden, all the power around you goes out. And you'll hear, like, a traditional music. I, I've thus far, like, hid from it. I don't know if there's anything that happens if you try and engage with it directly. But there's a spear parade. And it's just again, it's like that the fact that like the lights go out, they get the soft music, and they have a glow to them. And there's a big, giant, naked cat-looking evil thing uh, <laughs> at the back of the parade. It's like just this interesting thing that Western developers wouldn't think about because it's not part of their 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 folklore, right? So you you can really tell that previous developers of Okami did this because that is a very that's something I would expect to see from that, you know? Well, not necessarily because most of those developers of Okami went to, um, I'm about no, to say Studio to Platinum. Platinum, yeah. The only one that didn't was the original director of the game, whose name I keep forgetting. I forget her name. Ikumi Nakamura? Yes, yes, Ikumi Nakamura. Yeah. But she left in yeah, 2019. Then, then she... Yeah, then then she left, and then was like, "All right, Ubisoft picked me up," and I'm like, "Oh no, you poor thing!" Oh no, she no 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 Ubisoft did not pick her and up. And then, but no, she's she's got her own studio now. Yeah, so she visited different different studios around the world, is what she did, um, which was interesting. But that's the thing, like, yeah, you you're right in that regard because she was involved heavily in Okami, I believe. Um, yeah, you can also tell she's the person that designed a lot of the monsters in Evil Within, so. 
you, you got that going on, but um, no, it's 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 a game that I'm enjoying, and I I, I think that's like worth something. I think it is worth more credit than the middling review scores it's gotten. Um, at the same time, I can understand it because what am I doing? I'm going around the world collecting little trinkets here and there, but it's like the world is so loaded with them. Like it's that kind of a thing where sometimes I like, I'm, I'm not big on open worlds, but this is one where you traverse it around it. Interestingly. And it's like every corner of the world has something. So you're distracted like every five minutes. Right. Um, oh, okay. It's got like the, it's got like the breath of the wild ghost of Tsushima, Elden ring kind of thing where sort of, well, you, Elden, ring hit things better. Elden, hit, Elden Ring hit things better. Because it's more traditional open world than that, but it is very much like, okay. oh, I'm going to go on top of this building in order to collect these spirits so I can, you know, level up. Oh, wait, <clears> there's <throat> spirits on that rooftop and that rooftop and that rooftop. So next thing you know, your brain is looking at the environment and thinking about how am I going to get from there to there to there. And that to me is, that's where it's it's got negative open world traits but to me that's also what makes an open world interesting because i'm interacting with the world those things exist for me to collect as a way to get me to interact with the world because i'm not just walking up i got it i got it like, like that's why i was able to tolerate feathers for a bit and assassin's creed one even though you know yeah it's like i got it i got the achievement i got the uh Thousand out of a thousand. I'm not doing that again. Um, did you actually? I did. Um, oh no! <laughs> in the first Assassin's Creed, I got oh, all the feathers. And yeah, it's it's dumb in a lot of ways. But the thing is, in Assassin's Creed, I liked that that first game because I liked climbing the rooftops. And every subsequent I mean, that, game that was easily the best part. Every subsequent game seemed to be, we're going to give you less reason to climb the rooftops, and it's like why. That's the reason to play. It's even in your ads. Why are you doing this? Um, but I'm also, that's the thing. Like, maybe I'm a bad judge of open world because I still think the first Assassin's Creed, I don't want to say is better than the sequels because uh, it's technically not from an objective perspective, but the sequels immediately stepped away from what I saw as the potential of Assassin's Creed. I've been monologuing. I, Someone else talk about something. Yeah, no, I, I'm going to totally agree with you on Assassin's Creed. Where the first one is still my favorite. Um, the first one, you were actually an assassin. Like you right. haven't been an assassin in in the sequels. Like, yeah. <laughs> you guys yeah, are I mean, my friends for a reason. After all, someone agrees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, no, I don't really care for the first game all that much. I didn't play it a lot, but like, and I like Assassin's Creed too. But you're not really an assassin in Assassin's Creed too. Like, no. yeah. No, it, it really, like, there was something about the feel of the first game, even where it was, there was some, definitely some jank and some, some things that got stale. Um, I, I did not enjoy any of the other ones as much as I enjoyed the original. Um, especially at yeah. this point where, like, like, Odyssey It's a wannabe is like, uh, Witcher game? yeah. Like I haven't, I haven't finished Odyssey and I haven't played Valhalla, but it just it doesn't even like there's not even anything really assassiny about it. Like yep, 
Anyway, Assassin's yeah. Creed Odyssey makes me so upset. Like I, I was ready to love that game, and it's just like I, I just hate how Ubisoft's lack of originality just really, really was exemplified in Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Because I loved the world, and I wanted, and I was ready to explore it. I got the DLC and everything. I, I like, I got it all for for cheap because that's that's what Ubisoft games do. And then they had the stupid Nemesis system. They didn't call it the Nemesis system, but it's the Nemesis system from a game that I do not like, uh, <laughs> Shadow of Mordor. Oh, I forgot. That was actually one of the reasons that, like, things that kept slowing me down is like, oh, by the way, there's like 10 other assassins chasing you. And they're totally getting in the way of you completing the story mission. And like, exactly. And oh, like, that's oh, you can't even kill half of them. You have to, yeah. It was so dumb. Dude, if you're they, in a story they, they, mission, they shouldn't, there should be a flag that if you're doing the story, if you're in a story mission, they can't interrupt. Like maybe a side mission. But if you're in a story mission, then there should be a flag in the game's code that's like, hold off on whatever these guys are, these nemesis assassins. Yeah, I'm, because they are, like, taking them out is. A side thing it's it's not part of the main story at all but and and most of the time especially in the beginning of the game they're extremely overpowered and they'll have like an animal with them as a companion that, that is way stronger than the human is so like they'll have a bear or a tiger or something and you can't like you're trying to take over base and and everyone in there is you know they're, they're about your level it's still a lot of people to, to micromanage uh, and then you have this assassin walking around with a bear tailing them. It like I I stopped playing because I could not take I could not liberate this. Is that something this, assassins uh, did? Is that something says? Is is there like nothing more inconspicuous than a bear? Like I get it, you can kill someone with a bear, <laughs> but you're not exactly getting by unnoticed doing that. Like. Is that yeah. really? Also, I was just well, well, they they weren't they weren't assassins. They were mercenaries. Yeah, so, mercenaries. Uh, you know. But even even just the whole idea of like in in Assassin's Creed, so like something that Horizon Forbidden West does that's interesting is actually do an assassin assassination thing better than Assassin's Creed has done it in years. Where now with the enemy bases, you only need to kill the leader to liberate the base. If you kill the leader and then leave and then like come back, like she'll even like say it, like, oh, like, you know, now that I've killed the leader, like everyone here will will disperse or something like that. No, that's like, where you, you just want it, your you nemesis system time. to be. That's where you want yeah. your nemesis system to be, because right. that's like... then, and then like yeah, then the base is conquered. So like it actually unlike Assassin's Creed, where like you literally need to like kill everybody in the base half the time to even like deal, yeah. Anyway, including the big bad uh, base leader because they they all have one, right? So like, there's one dude. Imagine who, who's imagine like, this just game, a big armored guy who's way stronger. Imagine if this it's game ridiculous. was actually built around assassination tactics, where what you could do is you could like poison a cup. And you, if, if you, you can do some hitman, right? Like, look at the, like, study the situation, study the, the, the occupants and their relationships, which is a little bit of the nemesis system itself. 
And if you could like poison a cup, but somehow frame it so it looks like someone else did it, then all of a sudden you have a mutiny and they just kill each other and that's how you conquer the base? Like, Okay, that would be fun. That yeah, would that so would be assassination, fun. wouldn't it? But yeah. uh, that, that, that that requires ingenuity. Well, that requires one of two things. That requires Ubisoft to be actually thinking of their own ideas. And that also requires... <laughs> Ubisoft to steal from the Hitman team. To, like, you, that requires Ubisoft to actually give the developers time to make something new. Also um, fair. As aside from like just creating new assets, so that's like that's the big thing, right? Like it, it, part of it is just Ubisoft at the time because now we're getting Assassin's Creed live service, guys, and I guarantee it's going to be loaded with NFT transactions. It's going to be great. Yay! Yay! I'm I'm so yep. I'm so excited. I'm There's, so excited that Ubisoft is just really they're just going to keep scumming it. Yep they this pulled the plug. They pulled the plug on Breakpoint, but they're like. Now, there's no way the death of this game had anything to do with the last-minute NFTs we just shoved into it. So we're going to make sure <laughs> those stay alive. Oh, we've got another Ghost Recon game coming. It's like, uh-huh, looking at, you know, what happened to the Rainbow Six name and this... Oh, yeah, the X Defiant doesn't even have Tom Clancy's name on it anymore. Yeah, it doesn't even have Tom Clancy's in it anymore. Like, it's like How was that even related to anything Tom Clancy ever did? It's like... It's... <sighs> Like, this is the tragedy where in some ways I have more faith in EA, but at the same time, EA just announced like, oh, yeah, we're working on a new Battlefield. It's like, no, no, no. <laughs> fix 2042. Trust me. Fix 2042. If you fix 2042, you will earn customer loyalty. If you fix I mean, I'm it. about to download Battlefield 4, honestly. I, I've been wanting to try that one. <laughs> I mean, it was one of the yeah. last. That's the one that most people look back at as being the last good one, and yeah. people are playing Battlefield Five instead of Twenty Forty Two because it probably w runs better on modern machines than Four does. But it's like it's just one of those things where it's like EA, you're you're trying to make positive steps, but this is one area where fix Twenty Forty Two. You got to look at something like No Man's Sky. You got to look at even what CD Projekt is doing with Cyberpunk Twenty Seventy Seven. You, if you fix this game, it shows that you care. If you just yeah. move on to the next, it leaves room for doubt that you've learned. Like you guys. Well, I mean, they've they've done this before. Remember Battlefield Hardline? Well, like, were they forced visceral came, games? Like they they, to they make cracked that? that game out. Yeah, that was visceral games. Yeah, that's 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 the last game visceral games did. They were working on a Star Wars huh. game, but the last one they put out was Battlefield Hardline, and they didn't even want to do it. They yep. put they did what they could because I played Hardline. I was curious about Hardline. I forgot I played Hardline. Like <laughs> <laughs> the arresting mechanic was meh. In the end, it just turned into a really bad Michael Bay film. Like it's EA man. That's a weird thing. Why do I feel like of all the big AAA studios, I want EA to do good? Like Ubisoft, I don't care if they go down the drain. Like they can just falter. I don't care what happens to... Well, I sort of care what's going to happen with Activision now that uh, Microsoft might acquire them. You know, they, they're getting challenged no, on no, that. No, they, they are. Um, that's, that's a thing. 
they're being challenged. But if that acquisition goes through, I'll be really curious to see what they do with Activision Blizzard. But either way, like if it, if if the if it doesn't go through, then it's like I don't care. I really don't. There's not a lot Activision Blizzard does that I really care about. Um, but I mean, it just would be nice to have that catalog on on Game Pass, honestly. And that's probably what Microsoft was looking to do was just get, definitely get like every Call of Duty game on Game Pass, every oh, yeah. single one. Oh yeah, no, um, not just that. Like, there's a lot of back catalog stuff they got even too. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. I mean, it's also all of the Blizzard you content. Crash, you get Spyro. Think about it. Overwatch um, was a game you paid for. It was not free to play. So what happens when they have Overwatch 2 on Game Pass Day 1? Yeah, exactly. Everyone will play it on Xbox and PC. And what's the possibility now that you could play X amount of World of Warcraft on Game Pass PC? Like, there's a lot of things Microsoft could do with Activision Blizzard's properties. And... That's actually a really good point about World of Warcraft. That's what a friend because uh, I asked a friend of mine. Game Pass. I asked a friend of mine that because like, he he thinks that's going to be like a trial period. You can play up to X expansion or up to X level on Game Pass, but after that, eventually, you will have to subscribe. And I can see that. Um, I think that's fine. I think that would be yeah, great. I think that's a good point, and that's the thing. Like, there's so much stuff that you can get with Activision Blizzard, um, but at the same time, honestly, I think it's just. EA has periodically uh, put out games. Maybe it's because I still have a soft spot for back when they were like, look, we need to create new IPs. Activision just got rid of Brutal Legend, so we'll pick that up. We're going to put out Mirror's Edge. We're going to put out Dead Space. Two out of three of those failed. So uh, we're just going to milk the crap out of Dead Space. But it's like that brief time where they were looking to do new ideas. And even now, like, right? They're indies initiatives where they just, they're why Joseph Farris is making games. Brothers of Tale of Two Sons, um, uh, a way out. It takes two. All of them, I believe, were EA published titles. Um, yes. Uh, well, I, I know that it takes two. Definitely is. Which, by the way, amazing game. I yeah. adore that game to death. And it was, I think, at the, yeah, I, I saw. Uh, There's a clip where at the BAFTAs, uh, Joseph Farris uh, won the award, and he he had a joke. He's like, um, he's like, yeah, so we could have done this without EA. He's like, he's like, I just made you guys applaud for EA. Like, how, imagine that. Like, <laughs> it's like, dang. <laughs> like, yeah, Dude, but that's seriously, like, like, that's the thing. Like, it's like EA, I feel like is, they could be better. So there's, there's a foolish part of me that keeps hoping they'll actually get their act together. But I don't know. I don't know, like, uh, but maybe that's because EA does have a cycle of creating new IP and destroying it. But like, <laughs> I liked Dragon Age Origins and Mass Effect was good. I don't necessarily like where any of their sequels went, but hey, those first entries were pretty sweet. So I mean, yeah. I, I I will still go on record and and will say that the Mass Effect trilogy as a whole, and it's just because I was able to have my character just evolve through an entire entire three games was just wild like just just the idea alone was just so cool to me um, well, yeah, yeah that was i was really i can see that. about was mass effect 2 was one of the only games i can think of where it felt like your role-playing choices one of the first games at least where your role-playing choices actually mattered where like 
whether or not you were able to get the loyalty of a certain crew member impacted how that crew member performs in the final mission and whether or not they survive. I guess like, my yeah. issue is it's really easy to see through the matrix and understand how that works. And therefore yeah, but I've talked to so many, I've talked to so many people who are like, yeah, half my crew died on that mission that like, you know, for maybe it was kind of easy to see through, especially on a second playthrough or something like that. But I think it was, it was a really well-designed thing. I, I don't know. I mean, as I will say I Mass Effect 2, of, yeah. I was going to say Mass Effect 2 did have a lot of, like, but that's the thing, like, especially, like, if I had Seamus Young here, we'd be able to get him on a tangent real easy, easily. All I'd have to say is Kai Lang, and there you go. But that's the thing, like, he, he wrote his novel-sized analysis of the Mass Effect series, and he's right in that whoever was writing the main story of Mass Effect 2 just didn't get it they didn't get the tone of the first one they clearly didn't like star trek heck it's like basically whoever's writing the new star trek discovery and star trek picard right it's like mass effect one has a lot of star trek in it mass effect two a lot less like whatever's going on with that main story the logic of the elusive man the idiocy that is just firstly how big the cerberus are and then <laughs> like every like just oh my goodness like it's it's it is a the Mass Effect Two is a game where when the more you think about it, the more you're like, man, this is really dumb. And yet the side character here's the thing: the you know side what? you're really dumb. You're dumb. I probably am, but you know you're dumb. You said we were going to keep this to an hour tonight, and look, you arrived late. That's your fault. <laughs> I arrived like two minutes late. But um, okay. This, this maybe this is uh this is uh. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm really just bringing it up because you're saying things that you know are attacking my personal core values, like that Mass Effect Two is a good game with a lot of uh, inventive characters. <laughs> See, thing. I'm about to come in. I'm about to come in, and oh boy, we got a student in the chat. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, like, uh -oh. Mass Effect Two's got a lot of good side characters, and a lot of the side stories are good, right? But that's the thing, like that's, and because you probably spend more time with that than you do the main story, you're willing to, uh, you're willing to forgive the fact that Big Skeleton Reaper is really stupid. Like, you're willing to forgive <laughs> all of that stuff. Like, in Mass Effect, and I will go on record too, uh, if this was going to be a Mass Effect stream, I'd have joined. <laughs> it was unintentional. <laughs> oh, but, dude. Um, especially oh, to, to verbally smack me down right now. No, I, I, I am actually tempted to get her and Seamus together because she is the unrelenting fangirl and he is the unrelenting griper. And he'd, he'd, he'd probably be <laughs> like, Oh no. Like, but granted he also wrote like over 50,000 words on the games already. So, and you could buy them in book form. <laughs> Um, mess effect is what he calls it. It is great. <laughs> mess, <What>? effect. <laughs> mess effect. Mess effect. Oh, and see, but, that's the thing, though. Like, because I don't entirely disagree with either. I'm, I'm going to be a fence sitter on this. All right, I'm going to be a filthy centrist on this. Um, well, I think the the um, I, I agree that the strengths, especially in Mass Effect Two, are with the are, are with the side characters, are, are with the, the 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 side missions that you do to build relationships. The main story is 
is not really the strong point, but it, it's it's all about you know kind of building this family on this on the ship that's floating out in the in, in the Milky Way. It's it, it's cool, and that's and, and that really you know exemplifies my issues with Andromeda. I didn't really like most of the, most of the uh, the the other characters in, in Andromeda. I, I like Jaw was cool. PB, I wanted to just I wanted to just turn her upside down and then give her a pile driver. Like I, I like I just wanted to cave her head and not eat her. <laughs> it was funny for me is Andromeda. Like we we, we kind of were earlier talking about the Tales games, but like I cannot tell you anything about any of the characters in Andromeda, <laughs> and I spent quite a good amount of time with that game. The funny thing to me, and, okay, uh, sorry, I was going to say from an observer's perspective. If okay, if we were to compare the different Mass Effects to di- being influenced by different uh, science fiction, Mass Effect One is primarily Star Trek, with Star Wars and Babylon Five. Like it's, it's a bunch of that stuff. Mass Effect Two starts to be more and more influenced by the Star Wars, but there's still a bit of the Star Trek and stuff in there. And the same goes with Mass Effect Three. Mass Effect and Andromeda is where everyone that their first major sci-fi was Firefly, and they wanted to like after that everything was trying to be writing like Joss Whedon. That's the impression I get. Now, granted, I've never played it, but that's the impression I get from my face is tired and everything about this PB character is people that really liked Joss Whedon and wanted to write Joss Whedon in space. You guys can tell uh, me no, I'm wrong. I, I, I got more of a I got more of an aliens colonial marines out of out of Andromeda. So, so, oh, so it's kind of maybe. Oh. I played that game, and that is a bad game. That is a bad <laughs> game. Yeah, so, I'm, I'm, I was just being hyperbolic. <laughs> maybe turn this back around to something that we can resemble like a wrap up. I think like never. This is the podcast that never ends. It will go on and on, my friend. <laughs> Uh, Somebody started rambling in. Oh, I already wrecked it up. That's why it's the yeah. That's why ram your ramble uh, pack. Uh, Somebody started yeah. rambling, not knowing what they were saying. No, that doesn't work because it's they it's started right. singing, not knowing what it was. So somebody started talking, not knowing. <laughs> Sorry, so, I'm anyway, not distracted. This, this goes into I think that my 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 defense of Mass Effect Two also goes just into some of my general things that I like about games and will tolerate in games that maybe have major flaws and that is a game that does something different that was trying to do something unique and that doesn't necessarily have like a million games out there doing the same thing um and so like mass effect 2 again like i was saying and even mass effect 3 the fact that like like joey was saying like at the end of this, all of your decisions over the course of three games, like, are all sort of cataloged into this score and affect the way the ending plays out. Like, nothing's ever really done that before or since on that scale. Um, and I think I can be forgiving of a lot when when it's actually trying to do something interesting, doing something new. And I tend to be more less forgiving when it's, you know, these are the exact same characters that we have encountered 500 times doing the exact same things we would expect them to do. Um, and the gameplay is just, you know, whatever it is. You but know I what? Know. I will give That's you that. I will give you that. Um, 
Because that's the thing. That's the thing. I don't. It, for me, it, like that's the thing. My feelings towards Mass Effect are similar towards Assassin's Creed. Only Mass Effect at least didn't go on way, 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 way too long. Mass Effect One had this potential. Was it perfect? Oh goodness, no. Could it be improved? Yes. Mass Effect Two didn't improve the things in the way I think they could have been improved. And it definitely didn't take the story. And the same goes with Mass Effect 3. The story didn't go the way it really had potential. And that's the thing. Like, the Geth will go down... Well, not the Geth, sorry. The Reapers will go down mm -hmm. as starting as one of the more interesting and intimidating villains in all of gaming to one of the biggest disappointments in villains in all of gaming. Because when you have this villain in the first game saying, like, that is a big mystery... That is this big Cthulhu in space mystery and is telling you, you cannot comprehend our reasoning. And in the end, it's just, oh no, they, 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 they just believe in segregation of human and machine. It's like, what the... I mean, if you, if, if your whole point is, I can't understand that. <laughs> I mean, because I don't know, it's so man, stupid. I can't really comprehend that all that well. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm like, I'm from a different time, you see. <laughs> But the thing is, it's like, it's no, that's, that's like the idea that the, I, I, I know it's not like an official thing and it was never an official thing. It was like one of those that like a developer had written down on a napkin or something like before they left. Um, but no, like one of the writer, one of the lead writers for the first game that left afterward had the idea that basically the mass effect relays themselves were causing like the, the, the gradual, um, not destruction of the universe. What am I thinking of the word for it? Uh, it begins with like the letter E crud, like um, some kind of like space time fatigue or something. I mean, I, I was going to no, say but it's like basically slowly, you're slowly deteriorating, decaying the galaxy kind of a thing. And that's where it's one of those things where even though you could get like part of the problem is, you know, any, any explanation we could come up with, we would be able to comprehend. Right. But it's like, that's still infinitely more interesting because you understand the problem and you understand their absolutist way of eliminating the problem. But that's not what you get um and asuna really wants to fight me right now uh i thought you were discussing <laughs> microsoft versus playstation <laughs> yeah. i mean we, we 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 did very briefly and then we went way off track because honestly yeah but that's um, good playstation now meh. well uh, I, mean, I don't know we'll have to see uh when they fully roll out did they fully roll out the changes to PlayStation Plus? No, no, that, that's going to be happening like over the summer, I think. Okay. So I, I, I think they're going to wait until after E3. They're going to, they're going to really detail, well, E3 time, I guess, or Summer Games Fest, whatever time. Then whatever then they they're going to talk about. Yeah, they're going to have their own. Maybe they'll event. have like one big draw for for um, for that service. Yeah, you know, like. I'd be like, this is the place to to really play all of these. Like, I don't know if they put the entire PS2 catalog, dude. I would be happy. They're not going to be able to though. Like, it's only going to be select cool. titles because it's running emulator. Yeah. yeah, yeah, which is lame. Like, we can already buy those. But you know, the um, it's like no, anyway, <laughs> I, I do think to to wrap. It's funny because I was going to talk about the Akaza games a bit because I finished three, 
and the Kaito Files DLC. And holy cow, how much better the combat got with that series. Um, <laughs> yeah. I might have to play um, Especially Yaku. when it went turn-based. Yeah, yeah. Yakuza 4 and 5, I, mean, I might I have to play it. on easy mode. I might have to do them on easy mode just because I don't... No, dude, 5, 5 is great. Like The combat? Five, yeah, the, the combat is like Yakuza 0. Um, mm. Honestly, it's... It's like, dude, legit five is amazing. That's like my second favorite Yakuza game. So like my four, favorite still is zero. Four, I'll have but to. But five, uh... four is better. It's not a. It's not amazing. It's uh. It, it's it, it's a bit more cleaned up. Um, uh, especially like when you get towards the end, uh, it feels it feels pretty great. But five is where it's at. Like legit. Well. Four, five, and six are all that I have left before I've caught up with the entirety of the series. Sans the, you know, the ones where they're fighting zombies. So I'm actually, that was one of the things I was going to bring up. I've now played more than half of the Yakuza games. Um, and you know what? It's funny how much crap I will give games for using, you know, like recycling assets and <laughs> stuff like, because there's there's something about the Yakuza games that they get away with it and part of it is that it's your neighborhood and it's not like they don't make changes over time like it's weird playing Yakuza 3 where firstly enemies aren't just roaming the streets and actually that's kind of better because you do get into fights less but at the same time you don't you, you can't just walk into places it's yeah like oh wow they they like it's like bare bones that really helps change the feeling of these environments in these games and man i really do though like i the stories the like yakuza 3 is probably the first one where the story was not great like kiwami 2 okay. to an extent as well like basically zero and like, chances are the further you get in yakuza the better like there's a point where they suddenly got better i imagine because kiwami part of the Dude, reason I'm kiwami you. is so I mean, good. four was great four yeah. story was awesome but part, Five of the, is where it's at. part of the reason Kiwami's story worked as well as it did is because I played Yakuza 0 first. And Yakuza, normally prequels don't do this, but Yakuza 0 gives so much context to the events that happen in the first five minutes of Kiwami that that game wouldn't work as well if I never played 0 first. Um, rarely does a prequel actually do that. Rarely does a prequel actually add to... Um, the and we're just gonna I'm just gonna say right now, no matter what stance you're on, we're not discussing the Star Wars prequels. We're not gonna discuss those. <laughs> but rarely, rarely does a prequel like you know actually lift up what it comes before as well as Zero did to Kiwa, uh, the first Yakuza game. Um Kiwami 2, not as much, even though it did have a great what dude, these games keep coming with like new waifus, man. Like the 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 police girl in Yakuza Kiwami 2 was phenomenal. And then the girl in stinking Yakuza 3 is great. Oh. And uh, did yeah, we did. He he needed to drop off. So oh. we did go a little long. He probably has to hit the hit the hay. He's had he's had a lot of stuff that he's had to do lately. So perfect. That means yeah. we can go another half hour, right, Joey? <laughs> yeah, uh, all about Yakuza, baby. All about Yakuza. No, um, no, we probably should cut it short though. But, um, no, yeah, like so. I'm excited to try for uh, soonish. I don't know when I'm about to start it. 
Um, but yeah, uh, great series and Lost Judgment, the Kaito Files were also good. If it's a goodbye to Lost Judgment, the, uh, like the Judgment series, because of all the garbage with um, Johnny's and the agency, the, yeah, the name of the agency that doesn't want the actor for Takayuki Yagami to be on PC games, then, hey, then we, 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 we lose that potential. We lose that potential side series. But at the same time, I'm glad to see where they go with this because they're not just going to do the regular RPG series. They are going to have spinoffs, I think. And I think spinoffs are a great idea for them. But, and hey. Yeah, you know, like the, um, especially as, as, like when you, when you finish Yakuza 6, like it's, um, it's a good wrap up. You know, it's, yeah, it's, uh, I, I think because, you know, uh, like a dragon feels very much like its own thing um like having a new set of characters i think is i think is great because it, it, it even though it really is yakuza 7 um it it it's wholly unique and i i like that because then i i, I don't know what the future is going to hold are we are we going to have more ichiban i don't know i haven't finished i haven't finished the game yet because i'm still on that <sighs> i'm still at the worst part of the game yeah, um, yeah, where you gotta do the man. Did you get you no know, like again? Did you get his ability that allows him to revive immediately if he dies? It, it's I, on I, his base I don't class. know if that's what it's called. I, it's um, on yeah, his it's base like hero class. class, right? Yeah, that's the thing. Is if there's any real issue I have with Yakuza Like a Dragon, it is that they don't allow you to really mix and match the classes enough. It takes too long to level them up, and then not enough abilities can get learned permanently. So yeah. it's a nice first effort, but if they're going to have a class system, they really need to rework its mechanics to encourage players to swap classes without credit. Cause I, I think that's another thing. I think they built the game with the understanding that especially, well, maybe in Japan, like grinding is a thing you do in J in RPGs. That's the mentality of it. That's the idea. So, if you really want to take advantage of the class system, you have to grind. And man, I don't want to. I don't want to grind. So yeah, it's it's not it, grinding can be fun. You know, like I believe it or not, in Tales of Arise, I I did find it kind of fun. Um, but that's also because the, the the combat system was you know character actioning, and I I love that shit. So I have fun with that. But like. In a, in a turn-based RPG, it's not, I don't know, yeah. it, it's a hard sell. So what they need to do is work on that a bit for the sequel. But it's also interesting where they work grinding into the narrative itself with where you are. Like, they have that tower of combat. And that's effectively, like, it's the training arc in an anime. It's the grinding arc you you have when you play a JRPG. I think that was a clever way of throwing it in there into the gameplay itself. The problem is they also introduce it like it's optional and it's really not. You really have no, to yeah, go through I, that at least once if you want to do the next area. I despise that like they, they're like, oh, it's optional. But no, it's it's, no, it's, it's not. not. Because in every other Yakuza game, and this is where I have my problem with it, is every other Yakuza game, it's 
the the like the the side fights are all optional. You don't have to do them. But in this game, sure, you don't have to do it. But like you're gonna run out of stuff to do that you can use to level up. And yeah. like, like that's where I've run into. And, and it's one of the quicker and more efficient ways to do it. Yeah. So it's uh, it's rough. It, it's rough because it, it it really is like like that bumps down the rating a couple points. Like, dude, if 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 I was able to just keep on going, um, I'd be thrilled. But it's like yeah. I'd be like, dude, this game's like a ten out of ten. I love it. And you know, this is this is my first Yakuza game where I'm like, yeah, it's actually not my my pick for game of the year. Yeah. So I'm very I, upset by that. I do think. Actually, that's the funny thing. That was me for like Lost Judgment, right? Like Lost Judgment has a lot of great content, but then the further and further you got to the end, the worse the story got because it just became uh, the protagonist and the antagonist yelling at each other the same things over and over. Um, oh, that's a shame. And it's like, guys, Especially because the no. first one was so good. The first one is like so, so good. Yeah, it's 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 a great. Yeah. And especially because it's a great arc for Tak, right? For for Yagami, he is caught between like you know he was a lawyer, but the, it turns out the lawyer life is not necessarily justice, and so now he's working as a detective, and it's coming to terms with that. It's coming to terms yeah. with what he's doing. Like that's the shame of it. Lost Judgment is probably the best Yak traditional Yak as a game to play, but the story peters out. It's like if you could take this version of lost judgment uh, 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 of judgment right but then play the original judgment story with this design you'd have the best yakuza game to play um and possibly yeah. one of the best stories too um this judgment's probably my fa best uh, my favorite i said fest then i said best then i said favorite uh story <laughs> um of the yakuza games uh now, granted, they all have really well. For the most part, they all have really good stories. Um, yeah, they're getting really interesting with their social commentary now too. Um, like, I feel like if you're going to make if you're going to make your game political, I feel like this is effectively how you do it. But then again, I'm also effectively looking at another nation's politics. So. I don't know, is it hypocrisy on my part or is it fascinating to look at another a culture that I respect, but someone throwing some criticism, like someone that's in the nation throwing criticism at their nation, like, is it fascinating to me because I'm not in there, so I'm not part of the debate over there? Like, I don't know, but it's... I think it it's also just because they're, like, their talking points are way different from ours, you know? Like, yeah. We, uh... Like I mean, in in judgment, they they talk about their their justice system and how because you got like, and it's interesting because in in Ace Attorney, you know, you it's get the same thing, yeah. glimpses of it. It's but it's it's mostly a lighthearted, uh, a lighthearted adventure minus the the fact that you know it's it's all murders. <laughs> yeah, well, Great um, Ace Attorney even does it. Like the funny thing about Great Ace Attorney is it's basically showing how the jury system it doesn't become about presenting facts; it comes about emotional manipulation. Um, now, granted, Great Ace Attorney has its own things going on, and just like you know, with regular Ace Attorney, where it's like, oh, you know, that can't happen in an American court system, and it's like you're right in an American one. Uh, so it is a mixture of like, yep. what do they do for drama, and then what's actually accurate to how the Japanese court system works. Is this how juries worked in the old, you know, London era 
of 1800s. I can't remember specifically which year, but it's like, is this how it worked then? Is this how the jury system worked back then compared to how we have it now? Um, but that's the thing, like it's still trying to make a good point about like emotional manipulation to create a sense of mob justice versus true justice versus objective justice, um, and finding actual truth. Um, and I love that these games are willing to do that because even though they are, it, it, I guess that's maybe also the funny thing because it's a like lost judgment in the beginning. It's dealing a lot with bullying, but the reason why bullying persists is because of all of these systems that are so set on preserving a status quo on and not rocking the boat that it's like, okay, they're definitely talking about it from the perspective of their own country, which has differences to how ours works and how ours thinks, but there's still elements that speak to that universal truth of man, right? And in the end, yeah. the one thing that they always do, like both Ace Attorney and the Yakuza and Judgment games, they never or rarely present a, 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 an antagonist, I should say. They rarely present an antagonist as being two-dimensionally evil. Every so often, maybe, but they rarely do just, like, their motivation is just, I'm evil, I'm bad. And the, the whole point is to, like, there's usually that heroic endeavor to try and save the other person. Um, yeah. And that like it, it is... Like, I I think that makes... Because, really, it shows that humans themselves are, are complex, you know? Because um, I... That's what I love the most about the Yakuza games. Um, it, it's, it, dude, especially Judgment, because there were characters where, like, the moment you saw them, you were just like, oh, you're, you're a piece of human garbage. And then... The game continues, the story continues, and then you start learning more about these characters, and you're like, man, I wanted to hate you so bad. I, I was ready to hate you, but your motivations are relatable, and they're I human. I get it. I get it. Yeah, it's like, I get it. I understand it. And, and that's like, and every time they do it, I'm just like, ah, man, they got me again. <laughs> yeah. So I and it's I funny love that feeling. This this does actually fall in line because one of the things that I wrote last week on my blog was about heroes and villains, and I think for me like that's the thing. It's like what when I when I look at a hero, I think a hero should be aspirational, but I find yeah. it interesting that a lot of people are starting to relate with and recontextualize villains these days. I want a villain to be relatable as well if they can be. But like I, I like I don't want the villain to be the author's personal like straw man. I don't want the villain to be yeah. someone that the 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 writer themselves hates. Um, I want it to be like I want the author themselves to understand that there's multiple sides to everything, and even if the author's perspective comes through th through the hero through the protagonist. I still want that desire for like, I want to, at the end of the game, feel as if the villain could be saved, um, could be persuaded. Now, sometimes that's not going to happen because that's just not how life works. But yeah, like, that's the thing. Like at the very end of Yakuza three, I'll admit I was disappointed, um, in some ways because the, the, the antagonist was persuaded, 
and there was also at the same time a sort of like shoehorned in antagonist um that was that's the thing yeah. like it did have a shoehorned in like here's our bad villain that everyone can hate um and and he happened to be an american <laughs> <laughs> but the um no nah, i just i that that's that's just the kind of thing that i like the most in my entertainment is like just having that ability um and then of course again like when you look back at what i wrote though i'm also looking at things like um like uh and a part of me if you can hear a jet in the background my window's open and any plane taking off or flying to the philadelphia airport goes over my house um <laughs> bet you didn't know that about my 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 that little fact to me yeah way to dox yourself dude god but uh well i, I was more talking to you but <laughs> oh yeah i mean well that's a wide range um, of land that uh but oh you're kind of no, right, what do you actually. mean it's it's a pinpoint <laughs> But no, the, um, um, the, the, the brain hemorrhaging, um, no, like that, that's where like on my, on my blog though, I did write about like Hans Gruber, right? Everyone loves Hans Gruber, but why does everyone loves Hans Gruber? Well, if our hero is aspirational and part of that aspiration comes with suffering, then Hans Gruber is great because he's indulgent, right? But even he has some aspirational qualities in that not only is he smart, but he and his team care for one another. He's actually, a, pardon me, a, he's actually a good leader. Um, yeah. so there's still elements of that. Anyways, yeah, we can sit here and talk about like heroes and villains that are good and stuff like that, but it's just part of like, I mean, hey, that, that, that'd be a fun topic. I mean, I, I would, I would have a hard time trying to pick out, you know, villains outside of Yakuza games, but, <laughs> uh, no, they exist, you know, especially well, in certain JRPGs, especially they do exist. They're just not. Named yeah. Sephiroth. And you know, whatever I try yeah, that's to, right, I said it. To, I mean, you're right, but like, <laughs> whenever I try to go for those classic JRPGs, I'm just like, man, I wish I had the nostalgia for this so that I could keep going. Because, like, <laughs> man, <laughs> I, boy, I try, man. I, I, I really, really, really do. Well, we'll have but to hey, see. I mean, and you know what? Speaking of which, I wanted to ask you because mm -hmm. I don't know, <clears throat> I don't know the general consensus. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm, this is the podcast that never ends. Yes, it goes yep. on and on, my friend. Some people started talking, not know, not knowing they had a buzz, and they'll continue rambling all night. Because, just because, okay, I screwed it up anyway, and Baskin got it right there for me to read. But yes, <laughs> I just wanted to highlight that. Um, well, uh, is, is Chrono Cross the, the the remaster? Is that worth a buy? Because I heard that I did not play that one. It screwed up yes again. I did not play that one. The only thing I heard about them uh, screwing up was uh, it doesn't have the original soundtrack available. It only has like the, or no, I think that might've been wrong. I don't know. It's got like different versions of the soundtrack, but people were unhappy. It didn't have a certain kind. So I, huh. I, I never played Chrono Cross, the original. So I actually don't know. Um, I loved Chrono Trigger, played it multiple times, but Chrono Cross was different at a time I wasn't sure I wanted different. Like that's the thing. The, the PlayStation era was an interesting time when there was a lot of great games coming out that weren't by Square Enix. But at the same time, yeah. once you hit the PS2, all of a sudden JRPGs are changing drastically. And I wasn't such a big fan of the changes. And I was also at that point angry at Square Enix because of Final Fantasy VIII. Um, well, they were still Squaresoft at the time <laughs> for a while. But I was still angry about Final Fantasy VIII. I was rebelling against Nintendo, except for Metroid. 
Um, so that's when I dove into Halo. That's when I discovered Resident Evil. Um, that's when I, those are the two big franchises, I think. I know there were other games I played plenty of, but I think those are the two like big franchises I fell into. Um, or maybe just my love of Metroid grew and replaced my love of Legend of Zelda at that stage. Because Metroid Prime came out and oh boy, Metroid oh, Prime. I, I love that game to death. And man, I, I really hope that a remake is coming out or remake. I, I don't care. I just want to play on my Switch because my GameCube is on life support. Like, it's that not is, congestive heart failure. That is the current rumor. It is not going to be a trilogy remaster. It is going to be just the first game, which means I guarantee just it's, give me one. it's I going don't to care. cost 40 bucks. <laughs> 40 bucks is my guess on the price. But, hey, yeah, I'll I'm pay for it. X to doubt. I'll pay it, for it's it. It's going to be 60. Yes. I'm going to be optimistic in this regard, but you're right. It might. It might. Um, but, no, like, the the if they re-release Metroid Prime, I'm right there with you. So... All right. I'd call that a podcast episode in the can, you know, for, for starting yeah. up being like, I don't know what we're going to talk about. I guess we're going to talk about like this PS plus game pass that, and then boom, we talked yeah, about five all minutes of, of that. We, we talked about that topic for five minutes. Um, unfortunately, I don't think I'll ever be able to invite Asuna on ever again, because I don't want her beating me up verbally for my opinions on mass effect. Um, <laughs> Especially because it's like, oh, I bet you all need to be like, is like, Dragon Age Origins is better than all three games. And she's going to be like, ah! <laughs> I hope mean, that came through. Jen might agree. Jen might. Uh, we need to get her on here one time. You know what? I need to just set it up where it's going to be Asuna, Misfit, and Jen, and just hear, just be like, okay, girls, just talk about whatever. Except for politics. No politics, but... Talk about whatever. Like what we I discussed mean, yeah, here was the closest. What we discussed here about Yakuza and Ace Attorney is the closest. But anyways, for real, uh, I'm I'm predicting Pokemon, Mass Effect, and Mist. That's what I predict that that podcast would be. It's a possibility. It's a possibility. Um, I need to get Misfit on here to talk anime, but we need to find an anime we both watch because I'm not right now watching Ashitono Joe on Amazon Prime, which is interesting they got that on there but g gundam let's go if it's streaming anywhere <laughs> i actually would try it if it was streaming i own anywhere. it i own it dude i have it on dvd i just need to i got, like, I got the teleporter got the to hop series. right over to pennsylvania okay uh, <laughs> no nah, but all seriousness yeah, you're though, gonna pay that fee all seriousness though uh, thanks everyone for tuning in and listening. Uh, as you know, I hope you guys managed to beat uh, Millennia, Blade and Michaela. Um, and uh, yeah, thanks for joining Joey. And thanks for listening, of course. Yeah. Asking. Um, you guys are great. Uh, I will be streaming. We will be streaming together on Monday because we're going to be doing um, more. We're going to be doing a bunch of Monster Hunter Rise starting on Mondays. What he says the plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, leading up to the to the DLC. Yes, or at least a level uh, up to the point where we're leveled enough high for the DLC. I think. Um, oh, okay. Well, maybe we'll go until the DLC. We'll see. We'll find out. We'll see how much we love it. Um, <laughs> yeah, but no, like we'll be doing that, and uh, yeah. So, and then I'm going to try and do I think Ghostwire Tokyo on Tuesday, and then 
another podcast. Hopefully with Seamus Young, we had a bunch of stuff we wanted to talk about. Uh, hopefully that'll be next Thursday. So we'll see. Until then, though, um, everybody have a good night. And uh, yeah, Joey, you, you two have a good night. Yeah, later. Later.